This is episode 2, entitled Rest and Play, Rituals, Board Games, and the All-Time Best PC Games. Oh my gosh, so good. This game is so cool. Hello world, welcome to the show, we work, rest and play. This is where we dissect, decipher and demystify people's work and their lives outside of work. I'm Dan, your host, and welcome to episode 2. Now life isn't just about work, nor should it be, and so we move on to rest and play, where we explore how we can recharge and have a bit of fun in spite of the daily hustle and bustle of our lives. And so we continue to chat with Dennis, and after having dissected his work life in the previous episode, we shall now find out what a risk advisor in the banking world gets up to for rest and play. And so in this episode, for rest, we talk with Dennis about exercise, going to the gym, and some surprising benefits of going for walks. We finish off with play, where we then dive into the world of board games, computer games, and a couple of his favorite books and authors. For example, did you know there are actually a whole bunch of different categories of board games? I had absolutely no idea about this. For example, you have party games, strategy games, gateway games, Euro games, hidden role games, etc., etc., etc. We talk about his favorite computer games and how the gaming industry has changed over time. All the gamers out there will absolutely love this bit. We also talk fantasy novel authors, self-improvement books, and more. And so without further ado, on to episode two. Please enjoy. podcast is about work, rest and play. I don't, it's not just work, so we'll move on. So the next bit is we'll touch, we'll have a rest on rest and then we'll go to play. Um, so we'll, just about rest. Now this, this is something that I personally I find is very interesting to me. Um, so a bit of a selfish question here. Um, but for some reason this fascinates me. Uh, when it comes to what other people do in this area, let's sleep. So, roughly, how many hours of sleep do you normally get Ooh. every night? These days, on average, um, seven to eight. I'd say every night on average, seven to eight. Yeah, just put my the pillow mic back on. Yeah, uh, I feel like it's slowly reducing as I get older. Yeah, yeah, seven to eight. Uh. So, when you say as you get older, say about five years ago, how much were you sleeping? Maybe eight to nine. Seven to eight. Sure. That's, that's really good, actually, seven to eight. Um, does that change during the weekends? No. So, my work is – well, it used to yep. when my work was more taxing and I worked longer hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd be incrementally more sleep-deprived over the course of the week. And then right. come weekend, I would make it all up. Um, but I don't have to do that anymore. So – Seven to eight hours. That's really good. I think that's the medically recommended. Yep. I try to do everything that's recommended. That's fantastic, mate. Jeez. I, I strive for that, but um, I really, I really do. I'm, I'm, I'm not very disciplined in that area. But um, okay. So with with the with the rest topic, is there any sort of specific 
daily or relatively regular ritual or routine that you stick with in your in your in so your day-to-day I life? make sure I get um, try and make sure I get exercise mm-hmm. um, so I consider that rest sort of for my right. mind when you least. say exercise morning night so I'm not a morning person <laughs> so I, <laughs> I scheduled exercise um, after work so usually I run home every day how much how long are you running for um, 15 minutes call it okay um, I know they recommend 20 minutes of exercise a day 15 close enough yeah <laughs> um, so I try to run home every day after work um, luckily I live good. close-ish to yeah. work um, I try to hit the gym three times a week mm-hmm. um, and I've two different personal trainers one for the weekend and one for the weekday wow Good for you. <laughs> How, why two? Why not just stick to the one? Um, well, one of one of the ones, um, the one I started with is next to my house and he's very good so I don't want to give him up but mm. I needed to join a gym apart from that place which was just a personal training right. place, didn't have a gym like a and when I joined the gym, I wanted a personal trainer there as well so okay. I just ended up having two. So, when you say gym... What what are you doing? Are you are you on the treadmill? Are you doing weights? So the gym I do. Um, so one of my personal trainers does weight training for upper body strength. Yep. Um, strength training is quite important for like bone density and all that stuff. Right. Muscle mass. Um, the other one does a lot of core work and helps fix my um, back pains and that sort of thing. Oh, so you have back pains. Mm, back is that pain. is that muscular or skeletal? Muscular. And is it's what is that from? Do you know what that's uh, from? I think just bad posture, how I grew up, um, the sort of sports I played maybe didn't help. Right. Um, and so when I finally got older, things started breaking down because my posture wasn't that good and all that. Right. Yeah. No. Because the reason I ask is back back problems are very common as, as we get older. So. Um, do do you find the core work is reducing the back pain? Does it help? Uh, yep. So it's not just core work. He's um, I think what he says is he tries to assess everyone individually on what what's happening with their body that causes the back pain. Um, right. And depending on what what's happening with your body, it might be more core work, might be more stretching, it might be more just um, learning how to use the right muscles or how to. Um, you know, do the things you do every day, but engage the right muscle groups. Very interesting. So, gym three times a week, run home every day. Uh, so, you, I mean, that you, you, you've got a pretty awesome exercise routine there, I think. I try to do what's recommended. Wow. That's wow. Is, is there, so, obviously, you've got, you got a pretty specific uh, regular exercise routine. Is, is there anything outside of that you, you would consider – a ritual that you would live by or you sort of don't like not doing? Uh, I also go on walks with my wife, but that I don't really consider that um, really exercise. You've already run and gone to the gym. It's much more strenuous, but that that is also very important for the rest part of your brain. Right. So, are you guys walking in the evenings? Uh, Evenings usually and not long walks, call it half an hour to an Forty-five minutes. That's a pretty long walk in my book. <laughs> <laughs> so, when you guys are walking, are you guys talking to each other, or is it more like, is, is, will you guys make an effort to just remain quiet and 
No, just talking, talking. Just casual talking. Casual or casual talking. But it's just good time to like zone out and and just um, just relax. Given today's sort of world where everyone's got mobile phones and you're always sort of your mind's in two places at once, the walking together is really helps me relax and also helps me connect with yeah. my mind. I was going to say that's a There's really two, good. Yeah, it helps me. I guess it helps me disconnect from the world mm. and be in the moment yeah. with both the environment and my wife. That's 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 that is fantastic. You know what? That should be recommended for all married couples and and partners out there. I reckon that's mm. that's fantastic. And you, you guys pretty much do that every day. Ah, uh, no. So. I try to do it when we can yep. um, because she does shift work and, right. and daylight saving and all that changes. So, yep. But whenever we're together yep. and the weather looks like it's <laughs> not bad, we'll go out and do the walk. That is really good. That's a fantastic idea. I should start uh, incorporating that in myself. <laughs> I really like that. Okay, that's that's excellent. So, that is some really good pointers there from a rest perspective. We'll move on to play. Right now, I, I already know sort of what type of things you like to uh, indulge in, but uh, um, we'll, we'll, we'll go through them. So I'll, I'll ask the question: um, outside of work, what sort of specific hobbies or special interests do you like to pursue? Um, so, board games. Yep. Computer games. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably. The most interesting things to me. When you're playing board games, is it mostly just with the, with the wife or family or friends or by yourself? Um, all three. <laughs> wife, <laughs> friends, and family. Right. To play with. Um, yeah. And I, the thing I find what I like about it is the challenge. Mm-hmm. And also on top of that, the interaction between people I find very interesting because it shows you what some people are like underneath the <laughs> veneer of, you know, the facade that everyone has, what they're, what is important to them, what drives them to right. do things within board games. That's that's interesting, yeah, because I know I've, I've played a couple of those with, with you guys <laughs> before and, and it is it is quite interesting. Um, for, for the for the sake of the listeners out there, sort of what, what are some board games that you really um, would highly recommend for those who are, who are, Who's saying, oh, that sounds interesting. I'd like to give one a shot. Is okay. there any you recommend? So, keep in mind there are lots of different board games, right. lots of different computer games. Mm. And depending on who you are, you might like different sort of computer games. Sure. You might like different sorts of board games. Okay. So, what there are some, some yeah. very popular ones. Right. Um, so, One Night Ultimate Werewolf. Say that again. One Night. So, what? Single Night. One, one night? night. Ultimate Werewolf. Ultimate Werewolf. Yeah. So, that's a very simple board game that's yeah. almost like a party game right um, which can be played with you know, anywhere between four to eight players yep um, and the games last for five minutes call it mm. and so it's a very simple way to enter the, the whole board game right. genre. Mm-hmm. yeah so that's one I would recommend if uh-huh. you like the social interaction yep um, party games mm-hmm. Um the other one I'd recommend if you like the challenge sort of games and negotiation is Settlers of Catan. Settlers of Catan. Yeah. So that's more in depth. The games take, you know, one and a half hours 
Right. Like that, How do you spell Catan? C A T A N. C A T A N. I will put these in the show notes on the website, guys, so mm. you can look back at that. But Settlers of Catan. Yep. Right. So those are, I'd say, pretty simple games. Mm. Um. Uh, yeah. What What are you actually doing, with Settlers of Catan? At what is so it like a strategy thing? Yeah. Or? So Settlers of Catan is a the the theme is the story is you guys have reached this island called Catan, and you know whoever like builds the most on it develops their economy the fastest. Once they hit a certain point, becomes the winner. Oh, okay. Um. So you just build roads and you build settlements, and the more settlements you build, the more resources you can gain from that to build more. Right. Et cetera, et cetera. Interesting. Um, the interesting part about that game is no one by themselves has enough resources to build and they have to negotiate with other people to trade resources. Ah. So, it forms alliances and that sorts of things. Right. Um, and you, because you can't win by yourself. Right, right. So, yeah, it's very interesting to see how people align themselves and <laughs> what they're willing to promise and then go back to the phone. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know you love these strategy slash, I, I call it trickery sometimes because <laughs> yeah. seriously, sometimes I just, like my, my brain hurts when I try to play these things with these guys because, you know, there's obviously so much strategy going on and you know, for me, rest means not using my brain. So, uh, <laughs> but no, obviously you, you like that type of thing and, and um, no, I, I really like the fact that you know, you, you're knocking two birds with one stone. You're, you're, you're getting mentally stimulated, but at the same time, you've got that social interaction piece, which mm. is which is very important. Um, what's a game that you, you're enjoying right now? Um, right now, mm. we like playing Machi Koro. How do you spell that? M A C H I K O R O. Machi Koro. That sounds yeah. Japanese. Well, it's a Japanese word, I think. Uh huh. But it's English game. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, English is in Western, not right. English is from England. Oh, right. Um, but it's just a simple game. It's super simple. You roll some dice. Uh-huh. Um, if it comes up the number which you've bought, then it pays you money and you can buy some more numbers and oh. so on and so on. Okay. It's, yeah. And you, who are you playing that with these days? Um, so with my wife, mm-hmm. with my close group of board game friends. Right. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. So, board games. And you mentioned there were a, a, a lot of genres. Like, so there's the strategy type, like your Settlers of Catan. There's your, um, what type of game would you say the One Night Ultimate Werewolf? So, One Night be? Ultimate Werewolf is borderline party game. Okay. Yeah. So, you might have heard of some, a game like Mafia people play. Right. And it's very similar to that. Mm-hmm. Um, except streamlined. Right. So, so by party game, you mean just a whole bunch of people. Um, it, the game is more based on talking to each other yes. rather than anything yeah, else. So, right. lots of people, it all based around talking to each other. There's no like, you know, paper or, or dice or anything like that. Mm. It's just a lot of talking <laughs> and very easy to pick up. Most people may know what Mafia is. So, how would you explain how what the theme is in One Night Ultimate Werewolf So, One Night Ultimate Werewolf, you have a group of people, let's say five people. One of you is the werewolf. Right. Um, And you guys, everyone gets given pieces of information about, some people get given pieces of information, um, but everyone gets some piece of information about who they could be 
and who some other people could be, let's uh. say. And then you have to discuss to figure out <laughs> who to lynch at the end of that night because you're trying to kill the werewolf. Right. If you're not the werewolf. Right. But if you're the werewolf, you're trying to get someone else killed. Oh, but geez. you need consensus for the town to wake up and say, that guy is going to go there. You get executed. Wow. And so the person who, who gets pointed at, gets executed with the most votes, if they turn over their car and they're a werewolf, then the villagers have won. Ah, they've killed the werewolf. Right, right. But if the, they've killed the villager, then the werewolf's won. Right, Because he survives right. the night. So, does that, is, is it just after one kill, it's the game's over? Or yeah. is it, okay, so it's not yeah. till the last person standing or anything. That, that's one, one lynch and then. That's it. That's yep. it. So, oh, it's okay. like a streamlined version of, of the Mafia game, which was multiple rounds. Right, yeah. Because I guess with Mafia, it's a similar concept, but it's more, um, the, until a certain number of people are left. Yeah. And then right. they, they win. Yeah. So, so well, how did, is it Mafia versus, so, how does that work again? I can't even remember anymore. Uh, I think Mafia just, it was just Mafia versus normal people. Yeah, normal people, right, yeah. right. That's either one side yeah. or the other wins. Mm. Very cool. So, three, three games mentioned there. One Night Ultimate Werewolf. So, party Set- game. Yep. Settlers. Yep. Um, is what they call, um, I don't, I don't even know what genre that falls in, but it's a very introductory game. Right. Okay. They call it a gateway game sometimes, uh-huh. um, where people start on that game b- before they move into the whole board game genre. Oh. Um, and then there are Euro games, uh-huh. which are typically games where you don't have much conflict with each other. Right. Um, but it's all about optimizing your resources and resource allocation to build the to get to whatever the fastest objective of the game, whatever it is. And that's more a collaborative thing rather than uh, a competitive thing? So, it's thing? individual competitive, uh-huh. but you don't actually butt heads with each other uh, that much. So it's just you're doing your own thing, trying to do that Yeah, to fastest. who gets it fastest. And you, that's E-U-R-O? Yep. E-U-R-O. Euro games. Which Settlers is sort of close-ish to that. Right. Um, and then there are like what they call um, hidden role games. Mm-hmm. Um, where you have everyone's trying to do something, mm. um, but then not all of you are on the same side, but you don't know who's on the other side. Isn't that like the party game type of thing? Uh, so, it's not really. So, that party game is a little bit hidden role, mm. but not. That's, it's more party game than a hidden role game. Right. So, a hidden role game, um, my favorite is Battlestar Galactica board game. Battlestar Galactica. Yep. Right. Yeah, where you're all trying to run from the the, the evil robots that are trying to kill you. Ah. And you have to manage your ship and all these crises happen. You have to work together to, to deal with it. But not all of you are human. Like one of you is right. an evil robot. Right. And you know, that sort of a game. Um, that's more hidden role, I guess. So, hidden role, Euro games, party games. And, and there's like, heaps more in between. Right, right. But that's, I think that's a pretty awesome introduction to that type of genre. So, yeah, if you haven't considered board games, it sounds really interesting, actually. There's, I'll, I'll, I'll list those and maybe a few more suggestions that Dennis gives me later, and I'll put them on the, uh, on the website. All right, computer games. Computer games. Computer games. What, I, what are you talking about here? I used to be in computer games a lot more. Right. As I've gotten older, I've sort of come less and less interested. All uh-huh. the games have got to be meet a higher benchmark for me to spend my time on them. <laughs> given that I've got less and less time. Right. Um, but really, any computer game that involves strategy, uh-huh. um, 
I like. So, you can see the common theme. Right. Uh, my board games require strategy yep. to be interesting. Some, my work requires some sort of challenge, uh-huh. um, analytical challenge to be interesting and and engaging for me and so does my um, computer games. Mm. Yeah. It, what, would you – what are some – Two or three computer games that you would say your, f- your favorite or some that you really oh, enjoyed. Not gosh. necessarily favorite, but like, man, I really like that game. Like, are there any, are, are there any that sort of jump out and say, yeah, I really like that one? Um, Planescape Torment. Planescape Torment. Yeah. Planescape colon Torment. It's, uh, wow. This game was probably in the nineties. Right. <laughs> Man, fantastic game. Yeah. You never see the like of it again, I reckon. Um, back when graphics wasn't wasn't the key. Right. Back when all they had was text and, yeah. and some pictures. They this game wasn't made by producers wanting to make money. This right. game was made by I think quite a number of authors working together. Wow. Um, and then finally it was made into a game and the storyline Wow. It's <laughs> yeah. fantastic. It's just, it's just really convoluted, I'm guessing. Really complex storyline and you'd have twists in it better than any twist you'd see in a movie. Really? Yeah. And like yeah. Planescape, how do you sp- is that P L A N E? Yeah, plane and then Scape, S C A P E and then Torment. Yep. Wow. Is that still around? Can you still play that? I'm sure you could still play it, mm. but um you probably have to get some sort of engine that can run Right. Run in that. That sounds really interesting actually. Like Imagine, you know, you have a single author making yep. something like Game of Thrones. Right. Now, imagine three authors working together to create something. Wow. So, three times the amount of thought that's <laughs> gone into the plot twists and how things turn out. Wow. It's just wow. I'd, I'd argue that may turn some people off because it's too complicated, no? Uh, so, it's not like it's... So, not everyone will get it. Right. Which will turn some people off. Mm. But um, I find that when I watch movies, I... I like some movies. Some people don't like some movies. Mm. I like. And I, I realize that people like movies for different things. Mm. I like um, the plot aspect of a movie mm. quite a lot. Mm. So, it's, I find it rare that I like a movie which has bad plot. Right. Um, so, in this case, it's giving me what I want. Uh, plot. plot. But if right. you're not after a good plot, then, you know, that's not the game for you. Gotcha, gotcha. What, what's another game that really springs out and says, yeah, that was an awesome mm. game? Oh, man. Because I know, reason I ask is computer games is getting increasingly popular in this day and age. So, I'm sure there's a lot yeah. of people out there who are so, keen to. So, actually, most of the games I'm thinking about now mm? are all very old, which which says to me. <laughs> which is fine. Which, which yeah. actually comes to one of the things which I think uh, about uh-huh. is games today are so different from games a decade or two decades ago because <laughs> back then- um, like I know they they say gamers used right. to play games. Yes, now everyone plays games. Right, and everyone's a gamer now. Or, right. or but some people think, no, I'm a gamer. These guys are just casual gamers. They're different. <laughs> all that stuff, right? I'm not going to go into that. Yeah. But they Ooh, make games. Yeah? They make <laughs> games for casual gamers. Mm. And when I say casual gamers, I don't want to say it demeaningly, mm. but it's just people who just want to pick up a game, mm. not really get into it, right. but just want to spend time, pass the time, gotcha. and then go back to whatever they want to do. Sure, Whether they sure. pick it up for two minutes mm. at the bus stop or whatever it mm. is so yep. they can unwind or yep. do something that keeps them from boredom. Yep. Now, lots of those games out there, mm. none of those games interest me. Mm-mm. So, 
the games which I like mm. are the long-term, challenging, in-depth games. Right. So, so give me another example. For those who want to go out and explore, they've got Planescape Star- Torment. Star Control 2. Star Control? Yeah, Star Control 2. Star Control. Really funky names here. So, this was, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is also another 90s game. Yeah. Oh, one of the, oh, so good. <laughs> this game is so good. You, all, all you real gamers out there, um, if you haven't tried this already, you, you're going to have to try these two games. So, this one was, it. you started off as a human um, ship, like right. a space traveling ship. Yep. You're the first one to exit to visit the moon or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you come back and aliens have come and shielded off the earth planet. Wow. And you're tr- you can't go back in because um, there's been some sort of planet interplanetary like war. Right. And earth has been um, quarantined off. Right. And you have to use your ship to try and figure out what's happening in the solar system. And okay, that sounds really around. complicated. It's just enormous. There's, there's a huge plot going on on what's happening in terms of civil war between different alien races slowly like taking over the galaxy and what's going to happen to Earth and how you, how you deal with alien races and negotiate treaties and get allies to fight back. Amazing. Is this also a text-based game? Uh so both of them are have a lot of text, mm. but also have pictures and all that. Mm. Um, and you fly around in your ship and you shoot other ships and stuff. Oh, so but there is that motion. It, it stuff? just looks terrible compared to what right. you see these days. But there's a lot. So are you interacting at a text level no, as well? No. Okay, so there's a lot of story. A lot of story. Um, so the actual movement, I'm going to say joystick movements. Yeah. Is is that part stimulating as well or is it yeah. more the so story? It's, it's just like on the keyboard, but right. it's it's all stimulating. That game, uh, okay. all of it was stimulating. Interesting. Okay, so what about, I mean, I'm, I, I'm not a gamer by any means. I sort of steer clear of that stuff because I, I just have an addictive personality, so I don't <laughs> want to get too hooked on that stuff. So, um, otherwise, I won't be able to do anything else. The, the only few games that I know of, say, like, how would you rate World of Warcraft, StarCraft, mm. and Diablo? So, these are three games I know uh, almost everyone's played. Mm. Would you rate them as enjoyable? Or? I love it. You think the three Blizzard games. Oh, well, there <laughs> the you go. Three. There you go. I should get sponsored by Blizzard. There um, you go. <laughs> so, so, those, so, World of Warcraft, mm. um, I played it. Mm. So, I sh- obviously, I've played all three. Yep. Being a... Being an avid gamer. Yes. Um, I don't particularly enjoy Diablo. Mm-hmm. Um, Why is that? So, Diablo I found a little not challenging. Oh, okay. Me. Okay, yeah. So, to me, Diablo was the the sort of beginning for what I saw as the point-and-click games. Sure, sure. Where there was no real good plot mm. and there was no real challenge, mm. but it was it appealed to people who like clicking on things and mm. just kept, like getting... Yep. In that game, killing monsters. Yep. And in my head, it's the click, mm. positive reinforcement, dopamine hit. Right. Hit, positive, and you get that with Angry Birds. You get that with right. Clash of Clans. You get that with a lot of games now yep. where they make it so that it it um, targets the addictive personality sure. and 
hits you with as much dopamine as it yeah. can and tries to reinforce it with variable dopamine yeah. hits. So here's something that's relatively easy to achieve. Mm. You've achieved it, you get that satisfaction. Yeah. And, and, make it, and the key thing, you don't know what you're going to get. Right. So you like pulling down the pokies, mm. you're not really sure what you're going to get yeah. or nothing. You pull it down or nothing. But once in a while, it gives you a good payoff right. and you get a larger dopamine hit. Uh, and the variability is like gambling and it's like... There you go, it's guys. It's like computer game crack. Dennis, that's, what Dennis. that's what they're doing to you. And if you don't know it, that's what they're doing to you. Dennis has just broken down the, the psychology behind computer games. And I think you're spot on, mate, actually. Yeah. that's. Um, but we also love it. That's why it's, it, yeah. it gets consumed like crazy, right? So, Okay, so Diablo wasn't so challenging. Um, um, World of Warcraft? World of Warcraft, we, I played because a lot of my friends played it. Yep. Um, and it was challenging for a little while, mm. but it just requires so much time. Right. Um, so, mm. and so I stopped playing that after about a year or two years yep. playing it. Okay. But I played it for a long time. Um, and StarCraft, I don't play anymore. Mm. Used to play it. Very challenging. Mm. Um, but also took a lot of time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I watch it now. What do you mean? Oh, you watch, watch the Starcraft. games. So there are, um, yeah. So there's competitive gaming happening in the the computer game world. Yep. They call it esports. Just like, of course, it's like um, it's the future of um, future of sports. Yes. Computer games plus whatever. So mm. I watch that. Find it interesting enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Of course, because you know how the game works. So mm. just watching that. Makes it really, I mean, you know, it's like watching a story unfold. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, oh, so you've got a heavy inclination to the good old nineties Planescape, Torment, Star Control. To any other ones, it's like, yeah, you, you guys really need to play this game if you want to get into PC gaming. Oh, is there any that sort of jumps out at you? Fallout. Fallout. Okay. Yeah. So Fallout. The whole series, not not the new ones, uh-huh. not the new ones, not the new the ones. old ones, the old ones. Yeah, so like, yeah, the okay. old ones. If you look up Fallout, you'll there's Fallout, the new ones, hmm. anything in the you know, two thousands plus, not those. <laughs> okay, so how do you, how do you distinguish? Is it, uh, is it are they two different franchises with the same name, or is it the same franchise? Oh, it's just, it's, uh, so with computer games. Hmm. Um, a lot of the old publishing houses mm. have got new bosses by now. So, right. the games which are fantastic in the 90s mm. are now run by different people. Gotcha. And the people who run it now are running games for producers who want to make money. Okay. Back then, they wanted to make money, but also they wanted to build franchise value or mm. whatever else. So, it was very different. Mm. It's been marketed now and people investing. It's all about making money, which is very different. Okay. So, um, the ones previously, they had a lot more effort put into them, mm. not just how much money, how much investment do we have to make, mm. put in to make the money we want to make with this game. That's yep. not the question. Previously, it was how much do we have to put in to make this game fantastic. Right. Um, Quite true. And I think that's why there's such a difference. So, the old Fallout, mm. but they all called the same Fallout. Uh, I think it's called Fallout mm. and then there's Fallout 2. Right. Um those were really good. Okay. We'll confirm that and I'll put that in the show notes as well. But um, all right, Fallout. I mean, oh, I, I, I'm not familiar with that game. So, um, just write that down and for whoever wants to explore, go for it. 
Yeah, awesome. So you mentioned board games, computer games. Is there anything else that you like to indulge in to pass mm. the time or enjoy? Reading. Sometimes I read. Um, what sort of stuff are we talking about? I read a mix of fantasy mm-hmm. and I think what people call self-help books. Yep. Um, which I don't really like the the connotation of that. Mm-hmm. So when people yep. say self-help, it's like you're – you actually need help. Mm, mm. Um, it's more self-improvement. Self no? That's I, what I, I like, like calling yeah. it self-improvement. Um, so anything, I've read everything from two of the best ones, mm. I think, are How to Make Friends and Influence People. How to Make Friends and Influence People. And Do you remember who that's by? Uh, Dale Carnegie, right. D-A-L-E. It sounds familiar, this yeah, book. so this guy is well-renowned for... Mm. There's, there's still courses run on this book. It's, right. it's so good. Right. Um, fantastic book. Uh-huh. Just insane. If you want to work in the corporate world, right. read the book. Okay. That's um, definitely going in the show notes. What's the other book that you mentioned? Uh, there are, oh, you mentioned gosh. two. There was another one. Mm. Oh, there, are, there are so many other books. I guess that's the top, top book for yep. in terms of self-improvement. Yep. That's half self, half self help, half textbook. Right. In terms of what it's trying to show you. Okay. Because it's a self help book that's been taught as special courses mm. in you know as like university yep. courses and that sort of thing. Yep. Um, I don't really know what other books. Are. In terms of other fantasy books, I read so much. Yeah, like I know those. Fa- so you're talking about sci fi, fan- science fiction, fantasy, sci fi, or just. Just in general just, fantasy. Yeah. Um, yeah, cause they, they, those books are like absolutely massive. Mm. And then there's like so many in the series. So yeah. are there any sort of author? Oh, we won't go through titles, but are there any authors that you particularly so like? My favorite author is mm. R.A. Salvatore. You can see the. Oh, yeah, entire- I can see it here. It's on the bookshelf. R.A. Salvatore. I actually really like the book covers of these books. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I've, I've read a few back in the day and they're absolutely like, um, so absorbing. Mm. But um, I just like, these days I just don't find the time. But okay, R.A. Salvatore. Anyone else? That's my favorite author. Favorite, I, right? Every year I get the new book. That's a big call because there's so many good fantasy writers mm. out there. So he's my favorite, not mm. because he's the best writer, right? But his writing has improved to fit with my age. <laughs> so I started oh. reading him when I was young, and his writing was simpler back then. And then wow. over time, as he's developed as a writer. And his English has matured. Mm. My English has improved as well because I started reading him when I was, I think I was nine when I started reading his book. How awesome is that? So, like, I have never heard of that type of interaction with an (laughs) author and a reader. That is, that's that's fantastic. There you go, R.A. Salvatore, if if you happen to ever be listening. But if you you read the R.A. Salvatore books. Yep. The first few are actually, now look back, actually not very good because I read them as a nine-year-old. If you read that as a 30-year-old, you'd be like, this is, this is such simple English. He doesn't use the best words to get across what he's trying to say. Right. But as a nine-year-old, it's fantastic. Right. That's all I could understand. Wow. There you go. All right. So who would be a, a remote second? My gosh. I don't even have a second. That's it. I'm He's looking good. at your shelf. I've read. I've actually read some of Terry Brooks back in the mm. day. He's okay. He's okay. He's okay. Well, I wouldn't rate him as right. All right. So we'll. It's we'll, only we'll, number ones on both sides. Right. 
number yes. one self-improvement. So number, number one, one. That's it. Dale Fantasy. Carnegie and um, R.A. Salvatore. They, so read, in, in, do you do anything else, mate? I know you, you, uh, you, are, you have a avid interest in, um, you watch the UFC, don't you? Uh, less and less these less days. Less and less these As days. I get older, <laughs> uh, less and less into the mixed martial arts or the, the martial arts. Right. Still so, interested, but more, I find more of my exercise and is for health mm. as opposed to training for self-defense. Right. So. What, why do you, why do you, why do you find that? Cause I know for those who are listening, I know ever since I've known Dennis, he's always had a very keen interest in the martial arts mm. ever since high school. Um, I know you did Kung Fu for a very long time. Yep. And then, you know, you were just always very interested in that type of thing. You were a keen fan of UFC. I don't really watch it that much. So, but I've, I would hear him talk to our other friends about that type of thing. Yeah. Why, why do you find that sort of interest waning? I think I'm getting more mellow as I get older. Right. And the prospect of an altercation where I'm required to use my physical, like martial ability to yes. deal with it. It's just so low now. <laughs> That I'm thinking, oh, this is not actually a useful skill. That and when I was younger, I was teenager with a lot of testosterone and angst. So hey, those, put it this way, man. Days are over. I, I still would have messed with you, man. I still would have, like, seriously, like, you know. So I mellowed out. <laughs> and as I mellow, the, the whole fighting thing is it's not as important to me. Well, we can all argue that's probably a good thing for, for most for of everyone, us. Everyone, yeah. Yes. Everyone should move out of their teenage phase. Yes. Some. It's not a good phase. <laughs> It doesn't bring the best out of you, I'll tell you that. <laughs> that is that is very true, very true. Um, any, anything else that you would classify a play that keeps you sane or happy? Uh, there's one concept on play, though. Yeah, which yeah. I want to talk please, about. please. Um, a lot of people throw around this work hard, play hard thing. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think what they're trying to say when they say that, mm. they say... You know, at work, mm. work very hard. Yes. And then when you party, party very hard. Mm. And then go back to work and work hard. Mm. And I like what you've done with we work, rest, and play. Mm. Because when they say work hard, play hard, mm. if they if that's all they do, they're going to burn out hard. Yes. Something they I can definitely to relate to. They need to rest. <laughs> and they yes. need to rest hard or whatever, yes. right? To make up for the work hard, play hard. Because that's very true. you work hard, you play hard. And you don't rest enough. Yes, you burn out like a lot of corporate people. It's funny. I, I never thought anyone would actually pick that up, Dennis. But um, well, very, very <laughs> well spotted. It was a very conscious effort to include rest in there. I, I know, sort of in this segment, we don't delve too much into the rest. But I consider the the depending on the type of play that we're talking about here. Mm. That I mean, the rest and play would would overlap quite a lot. Um, I think one key important thing here is, um, and obviously when we say play hard often that for for us who are in the corporate world and I guess for for those uni students out there who are listening as well it will usually um, involve alcohol uh, mm. consumption to some extent um, now I, one thing I find very inspirational with yourself is that you don't drink no drink no, no drinking no and drinking. this is not something this is a conscious decision that you've made mm. how many years ago oh gosh maybe five years. Yeah, but I never really drank that much. Right. Um, but five years ago, probably when I was just like, no, that's it. 
Five years ago. Alcohol is not adding value to my life. Right. Um, that's So, it's out. And just like that, you just, mm. you just, you didn't struggle with uh, not so I didn't struggle with it because I didn't really like it mm. anyway. So, I was lucky in that respect. Right. Yes, because I know you are a man of your principles and I guess that is one of those things. You know, I, I just think that's, that's, that's really, especially in, when working in the financial uh, industry. Super hard when it comes to working with clients and some of the cultures out there, um, especially the older um, Caucasian culture. Right. It's hard to belong when you don't. So, how, especially because in your work, you're working with clients and based on my understanding, it's usually a given that you will take your clients out for a nice mm. dinner and some drinks and yep. and how do you deal with that? That's- so, I... I can't take them out for a drink, right. really, because you don't really want to take someone out for a drink and then they're the only one drinking. Right. That's a bit of weird. course. Um, but I don't really do a full-on sales role. So, mine's more a support sales role. Mm. So, there will always be the full-on sales guy there who can do that. Whereas, I'm there. My offering is the brains and the right. analytical thinking. Right, so, right. So, they don't bring me along to drink. Right, but that's- that said, it is um, in some pockets of culture mm. um it's actually quite a big pocket of culture in australia it's um hard to progress without mm. drinking and i've been told before you you should come out for a drink with us right you know after work even if you don't drink right because that's important to your progression right and you know i'm i'm highly against that right because that's just what that pocket does right I mean, right mm. it's not it's not something i sh- i want to do not mm. something i should have to do because mm. um, i guess often um that going out for beers or wines or, or drinks or whatever is often the main way of building relationships with your teammates and your clients as as sad as mm. it may sound um for those of us who enjoy that type of thing all well and good yeah. um but I guess the the thing, the important thing is that not everyone drinks. So often, a lot of people be be left out, or, um, and you know you have those un- sort of not so desirable situations. So do do you do anything else? Do you make a conscious effort to to do that in a different way, or um, do you find this ample opportunity just to do it in the in the office? I find that I don't really make up for it. Mm. Um, so there are pockets of people who progress faster mm. um, because they're drinking with the right people right? and they make friends with buddies who are mm. higher level who will promote them. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, those are that sort of pockets. Mm. Um, as we get older, there's a whole generation of people like me who grew mm. up with computer games. Right. And I know now, I know someone who has, he's in a sales role right. and he has to mal- manage his clients mm. and his clients are all our age as well. Mm. And so, he takes them to like the EA Games Expo. Oh, wow. Because there's a new set of- That's a common interest now. Right. Because, you know, as opposed to some banks where you have treasurers or CFOs who are, if you stereotype it, you know, old, Caucasian, Mm. grew up playing rugby or whatever, they drink and they want to watch Mm. sports, Mm. like football, rugby, cricket. Right. But- that generation is going. Right, right. right. The next generation is going to have a mix of people. Mm. So, your salespeople, if 
if all they're offering is, yeah, I can take you out to the cricket. Mm. If you, if you're talking to a client like me mm. or yourself, we'll be like, well, I don't really want to do that. Mm. No. And if you're talking to someone like me, I'll be like, I'm not going to do that. Mm. You, do, you can take me off your client list. I'm going to go with this other guy who's going to take me to the games expo. Wow. So there's a whole new generation. Mm. And I think, um, that will improve things for us younger people. Right, right. As, um, as the culture changes. That's And really, also yeah. improve things for all the minorities. Right, right. Like people who want work-life flexibility. Yep. In, with our culture, currently more women want to take time off. Right. And when you want to fit in these client building, mm. relationship building activities, mm. you can't do it after work because people who have children and have other responsibilities yes. need to go home. Yes. So, at the moment, we're excluding all that. Right. Excluding all those people, excluding people like myself. Mm. But over time, I hope that will change. I'm pretty sure it will. Well said, mate. Well said. Wow. I mean, I, I, I have to admit, I'm, I'm probably one of those that in, enjoy enjoys the odd <laughs> beer or three um, and that sort of culture. But I, I can definitely see there's a gap. And I really don't like seeing that gap because for, for me, one of the main reasons I enjoy that type of thing is because like you with, with what you've said, that the interaction part is just it's just so... I guess that's the reason why we're doing it. But when you see people who are, are, are not invited or don't want to come because they don't feel comfortable, that mm. they're not drinking um, with everyone else, it's it's really sad. I think people struggle to understand that. Mm. And I think if you placed yourself in their position, imagine you were normally you mm. and you're like, okay, everyone at work now has changed and you are now the minority. Right. right? The, the majority goes, why don't you come out and do what the majority of, of us do all the time? And so, they're like, well, we're not comfortable doing that. Mm. And they were like, well, it's your choice. You don't want to do it. That's fine. Mm. You just won't get to, to connect and relationship management. That's to it. connect with the right people, it's mm. harder for your career. Mm. And I guess they have to deal with that. But it, that's the sort of thing that's happening to them at the wow. moment. Right. That's, that's a really... That's a really, that's really well summed up. I, I like the way you've, you've mentioned that. And like you said, it's really inspirational how you, you, you will, you will stay strong. You'll maintain your individuality. You'll, you'll do what you're comfortable with, with. You won't be forced into doing something you don't want to do. Um, whether or not that has any relevance to your career, you're, you're, you've got your own yeah. principles and what you're comfortable with. But having said that, you, you've, there's other ways and you can find other people who have common interests mm. and there's, you know, there's plenty of ways that you can, you can, yeah. you know, fill that gap. Yeah. So, it's definitely impacted my career. Right. Oh, all right. Okay. Definitely. Yep. Yep. Mm. Um, but, I mean. I can't say you're not you're doing too badly. I mean, I'm associate director is, <laughs> but it's the is, same. is pretty like up my there. Boss, I, my boss is the same. He doesn't drink. Right. Oh, okay. Even um, better. Yeah. Mm. That works well for you. And he, <laughs> and I have to joke with him. Yeah. I said, if, if he'd started drinking when he was younger, he would be CEO by now <laughs> right? because he's so good at his job. Wow. He can do so such great work. Wow. He's such a good person, wow. but he doesn't drink. Wow. So, he doesn't connect at the right levels to get the promotion. Right. That's okay. Like, life is not fair. That's a small right. thing to be dealt a bad hand on. Right, right. This is great. Our, our podcast is getting... Uh, Controversial as well. I love it. This is great. Um, <laughs> awesome stuff then. I, I love this just straight up, straight up stuff. This is great. All right. So, um, you mentioned mentor. 
Um, I, I was wanting to ask if you, you mentioned mentor earlier on in the conversation. Um, I was wanting to ask if there was anyone who you would, you would consider to be a significant inspiration to you in your life thus far. It sounded mm-hmm. like there was, you mentioned the word mentor. Yeah. Um, are there, is there a person or some people you would consider in that light? So I've always struggled to find a single mentor. Right. Um, I found like it's just general common, like, understanding yep. in the, the whole corporate world that having a mentor is good. Mm. Someone who you can look up to who has done well mm. and who can guide you when you have problems yep. rather than you just trying to solve it yourself or calling sure. your peers who are on your level with the same problems but sure. haven't gone through it before. Yep. Um, I have not been um, – I've never had a mentor, mm. mentor at work, an official mentor, mm. but I've looked – to people as role models before. Mm-hmm. And I actually struggled when I was younger to find role models who I aspired to. So, I sat down when I was high school or whatever. And mm. I thought, um, you know, sometimes you get things happen to you or you come come up against um, problems and you think, what should I do? Right. And it'd be easier if there was someone you could think about, you know, just like in the that Jane Austen book club or whatever, they go, what would Jane do or something? Mm-hmm. You know, what would my role model do? Mm. But I've never really had a single role model. Right. So, I've had aspects. So, the best I could come up with was aspects of people mm. which I admire. Right. Um, and so, I look mm. at some people at work mm. and there are aspects of them which I admire, mm. which I think, oh, that's really good. Mm. And then I try to learn that. Mm. But I guess I still don't really have a mentor. Mm-hmm. Mentor. Um, which is, yeah, which is, no, I can, uh, I can, uh, it's good to have a mentor. They definitely. Say. Yeah. That's, that's something I'm hearing, um, a, a, a lot more of these days myself mm-hmm. as well. And I'm sort of in the same situation. I don't really have a specific mentor per se. And I, I think I do something very similar to what you do, where mm-hmm. I, I appreciate aspects of certain people and try to learn that and, and make that my own. So, um, so I, I guess, uh, if if there's no, I guess direct contact, so a, a person that you you have direct contact with that you wouldn't really call a mentor. Is there someone just like in in general like that who you would sort of look at? Could it be a celebrity or anyone? Sort of thing. Yeah, that I, I really am inspired by what that like that person is an inspiration to me, or or, or not really. Oh, it's just doesn't have nothing, to be. No one, no one mm. comes to mind. Yep. Have Have you? Have, has anyone considered coming to you to be their mentor? I guess you being more senior in your so, role now? At work, I did this mentor thing right. where I was a mentor to a um, person with a disability. Oh, right. For a while. Yep. Um, yeah, so that was good. Good experience. Mm. Learned a lot about how to be a mentor right. and how the mentor-mentee relationship works and and all right, that. So. Right. Actually, I, I, I've heard, I heard an interesting thing of late where someone said mentoring and coaching are two very different things. Oh, yes, totally different. How would you explain that? So, the mentor-mentee relationship is more, um, I feel, I don't really know coaching that much. Right. I haven't been trained in that. Yep. Um, by coaching, I imagine you mean life coaching and whatever else right. coaching. But the mentor-mentee thing is quite, um, when I did it, was quite, like defined mm. like as in you are mentor for this reason and then you sit down and then you 
upfront discuss what you're trying to get, mm. what they're trying to get from you, mm. what you want from them mm. in terms of time, in terms of expertise, in terms of, um, you know, outcome right. or whatever else. So, you might say, look, in this mentor-mentee relationship, I expect you mm. to put in the effort to mm. come meet me because I'm the mentor mm. and you should be appreciative of what I'm offering you right. for my time. Mm. I'm willing to give you an hour a week, mm. um, but because I'm doing that, you make sure that you come and don't you know, bail on the last minute. That's right. sort of thing. So, you set everything up front and said, I'll be willing to help with this, this, and this, right. with your resume, with this, giving you thoughts. Mm. Um, but in turn, I expect, etc. They they say the mentor mentee thing is ideally should be a two way thing, or it's mm. not just the mentee gaining something out of yep. it. For you, I, I I would personally sort of probably find that to be a harder sell for the mentor. Yeah. So, what's the mentor going to get out of this? Yeah. Um, did you did you find you got anything out of it? Um, I def what I got out of it was mm. learning how to be a better mentor right um so they give you some training mm-hmm. um, and then experience as well helps right so that in the future if i have to mentor someone mm. i'll be better at it right um and also they teach you all the best practice what you should and shouldn't do right right, right. Um, which i found very very useful okay um but also a lot of people just like um helping other people yes um you know like all the studies show the the people who are happiest are the people who help other people. So that, and if you do things for yourself, typically that doesn't lead to that much happiness. So with that sort of thing in mind, you can see that a lot of people would want to mentor other people if they had the time. So it sounds like you're following another one of those recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, is this, so this is something that you obviously have made a conscious effort to, to try to help others. So obviously mm. you have that experience. Uh, perspective benefit out of it but yeah was it more of a self-experiment as well do you see yeah. how you so get I out needed of it? to understand mm. well i wanted to learn how to do it mm. as well as see if that appealed to me right um because if you're going to do something for others mm. i think it works best if you have an interest in in that area of course plus you have empathy for the people in that area right um so you know i found i think i found where i i would like to do more work Okay. And, and that's for um, children who are underprivileged. Right. That's where I have the most sympathy. In. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. That's really good. I, I think, as, yeah, especially as we get older, that, that side of things, I think, is, is starting to, um, how do I say, have a louder calling. If um, you don't, this is what I think anyway. Mm. I, I thought it was, think, I've been thinking about this for a little while, mm. but. If I don't do it now, mm. then I'm never going to do it. Exactly. You know, if you don't do it now, exactly. when are you going to? When's life going to give you a chance to do something for society? If exactly. you've always wanted to do something for society, exactly. it's not going to be when you have children. Mm-hmm. Maybe when you retire. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people do that, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm personally, I would like to do mine earlier. Exactly. I think it's it's. I mean, I should practice what I preach, but I'm I'm trying to think that you know, like we may think our contribution is not not, not that much, considering how much time we have or don't have. Yeah. But I always think you know you should do that little bit that you you can, and start there because it's otherwise I think we'll look back and regret it, and, and uh, by that time we'll you know much much time would have passed. 
is there anything um have is that something you've started to look into more in, in terms of uh are you looking at charities and things like that or at, at the moment that's something you're you're sort of thinking about and and trying to decide what to do next um so i've i'm still thinking about it mm. but also um looking at alternatives right um so I feel like you can always think about things, but there's no harm in reaching out and, yes. and actually finding out concretely what is the alternative. Right. What can I do? Right. And if it doesn't cost that much time, why don't you try it? Yeah. Just like the the mentoring thing. Yeah. It doesn't take that much time. Try it. Give it a shot. There's no once you try it, it's often pretty clear mm. if it's for you or not. Right. Right. Um, and if it's not, then at least you know it's not. Yeah. Um, which is some it's good learning to have. Fantastic. Right. That is, once again, inspirational. Right. Okay. Last formal question for this for this for this segment. Um, we'll finish off with some fun questions, but just before <laughs> we move on to that, um, uh, now I've, I've I've heard this question come up in in various forms in 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 interviews of past and other podcasts, and I thought I'd steal it as well. Um, <laughs> for interview question and, and, and use it because I, I love this question um, so I mean of late I, I should acknowledge that I heard it most recently in um, Tim Ferriss's podcast he's, oh, he's he's an inspiration of mine and uh, he's he's doing some fantastic work so I'm, I'm going to pretty much near plagiarize that question because <laughs> I know I'm not the only one that's using this type of question out there as well so um, and, the, and the question effectively is um if you can go back in time and chat with yourself 20 years ago, mm. so you of your age now, if you chatted to yourself when you were 20 years younger, yep. what advice would you give to yourself? Oh, you can see why tough. I love this question. That's a tough question. Mm. What would you tell your 20 year younger in terms of advice? That's, that's a tough question. So I don't want to change too much of, um, Oh yeah, no. It's it's not necessarily about changing anything. Mm. Is, there, is there anything you wish you knew twenty years ago that would have made the journey uh, less difficult or more interesting? I actually don't. I don't think so. I wouldn't tell them anything. Right. Figure it out for yourself. Yeah, because I think the the lessons or the difficulties I've had to go through, I needed those difficulties to to learn the lessons and without those difficulties like if someone just told me mm. i may not have learned the lesson mm. i guess um so I, and i think the difficulties i went through made me the person i am today so i wouldn't remove those wow definitely like i needed all the pain to mm. become the person i am today wow um right so i guess that's sort of the advice that you would give yourself 10 years ago then i guess you'd say whatever hardship you have coming your way it's all part of the process or something like that. Mm. Worded much better. Not even like that. Not yeah, even. You wouldn't even say anything. I wouldn't even say anything. Because that would disturb. That would, yeah, that would the, mess it up. Uh, I, need, I need to. I, need, I felt when I was younger, I needed to process everything right. at, at the pace I needed to. And Interesting. I'm not wise enough at the moment to be able to give them info which they could take and learn the lesson. I would. Uh, because. Man, I was 16, it was hard to communicate to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all. Confucius would not have gone through. <laughs> Mate, that is, that is a, a, a very honest answer. I really like that. I've, I've never actually heard it answered like that either. That's, that's really cool. 
Um, mate, Dennis, thanks so much for spending. Oh my God, this is like spent <laughs> so much longer than I had expected. But I think that's it's a good, good thing because just the conversation was just flowing. Like it was just so interesting. The, the funny thing is, it's uncovered more questions that I want to <laughs> ask. But I think I'll need to park that for next time. We may need to do a part two, actually. Um, <clears throat> but sometime down, uh, down in the not too distant wow. future. But um, before we close it off, just to, um, on a lighter note, I like to do the good old um, fast questions in the last, in, in 60 seconds. Sure. I'm just going to shoot random questions at you, just, just for fun. And I want you to uh, respond just with the first thing well, that comes, comes to mind. There's no right or wrong. It's just, it's just spont- spont- spontaneous. And maybe we can um, j- just have a bit of a laugh. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to put my... Uh, just for dramatic effect. <laughs> it was a struggle finding this, actually. I was trying to find the on YouTube, just the, the ticking sound. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. And I just, it took forever. But for, but um, I, I, I utilized all my uh, searching skills and I finally found one not too long ago, actually. So, I'm going to turn that on and then we're going to jump into it. So the objective is to get through as many questions as we can. Yep. And then we'll take it from there. And single if, word answers? Uh single word or phrase it can be okay. anything. But single word is perfectly fine. Okay. If you, if a answer doesn't come up, just you can say pass. Yep. I mean if there's time we can come back to it later or we can we can um pause it. Okay. So okay. I'm going to let's let's see how this works. Okay. Sound test on this ticker. This is what that oh, sounds how good. good is that? that sounds good. All right. So let me put that back. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, here's the real part of the podcast, guys. Um, right, so are you ready? Yep. Okay. And I'm going to start it after I ask the first question. Okay. What movie did you really like? Braveheart. What movie did you hate? Oh, don't know. What song do you, what song do you really like? November Rain. What song do you hate? Oh, don't know. If you could meet anyone in person, dead or alive, who would it be? Mm, Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> Which celebrity do you find super hot? Oh, Kate Beckinsale. Dang, what do you love about this world? Mmm, my wife. Oh, what do you hate in this world? Oh, some people at work. <laughs> Usually the first thing you do in the morning is? Ah, uh, get out of bed. Usually the last thing you do at night? Ah, uh, watch Starcraft. Food you really love? Oh, meat. Food you hate? <laughs> Fast. Who do you find to be really inspirational? Ah, uh, no one. Who do you think is a real douche? <laughs> Oh, don't know. Is there a divine creator? Maybe. Favorite subject at school? Mm-hmm. Maths. Subject you hated? English. Will robots rule over humans? Probably. Favorite sport to play? Hey! Ooh. There we go. Shake the thank man's you, hand. Thank you. Thanks so much for being generous with your time, mate. This Honor. Is a- <laughs> Honor to break your virginity into the radio world. Guys, this is world. something I've been procrastinating on like forever. And um, it's been very gracious of Dennis to uh, offer his time. Uh, we'll close it there. And I look forward to part two, mate. Very good. Thank you very much. Thank you. And that's it for episode two. A big thank you to Dennis once again for being so generous with his time. We'll be introducing a new guest in the next episode. And to give you a clue on what it's about, Our next guest saves lives for a living, literally. So stay tuned for that and check it out when you get a chance. Also, if you like what you've heard so far and you'd love to support the show, there is a way. You can become a patron via patreon.com. That is p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com. 
And you can find us by searching for We Work, Rest and Play, all one word, from the Patreon homepage. You'll gain a bunch of exclusive access and benefits, so definitely worth checking out. Every little bit of support is a huge help and goes a very long way in keeping this show alive. And of course, thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to follow or subscribe to the podcast via your favorite podcast app to make sure you automatically receive new episodes. And if and when you feel like it, it would be great if you could spend just a few seconds to leave a review to let me know what you think about the show. You can also refer to the website, weworkrestandplay.com for the show notes. And looking forward to speaking with a brand new guest in the next episode. And so until then, live life, take care, and keep smiling. Outro music is an extract from the track entitled Falling Down by the artist named Ryan Little and is used in accordance with the Creative Commons attribution license. Thank you very much, Ryan. Further references can also be found in the show notes at www.weworkrestandplay.com. <laughs>